0: All right, um, so we are live now. It's great to see everybody this evening. Welcome to those of you who are joining us um, online. And um, let's pray, and we'll get started with uh, class number 21. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for life and peace. And Lord Father, we know here in central Alabama there's um, uh, threat uh, as far as what mankind is saying for some uh, inclement weather, but Father, we uh, we thank you that there's 0% chance of anything like that happening to us or to our property or to our families, Lord. We thank you for your protection. We put our trust and confidence in you tonight. and We speak to the weather in Jesus' name. We command these storms to be still, and we thank you, Lord, for your ministering spirits that perform your word in our lives. Father, thank you for uh, those that are joining us tonight, uh, both here in the room and online. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in their hearts and lives. And, Father, there's something very uh, special about setting time aside to seek You, to be present, Father, when Your Word is coming forth under the anointing of Your Holy Spirit. And Father, I thank You tonight for impartation. Lord, information, yes, uh, revelation, yes, but Father, impartation, where something literally becomes a part of us uh, and, and that, that's in us when we leave here that wasn't in us when we left here. And we thank You, Lord, and believe You together uh, for that. And Lord, as as we look into these things tonight, I I pray that you would help us make a personal connection with these things, Father. Not not just uh, hear things in theory, but Father, we'd be able to take your word and apply it practically to our lives and to our experiences. And Father, we know that your Holy Spirit's our teacher. We acknowledge him as such uh, this evening. We submit ourselves to him, and we thank you for helping us bring our hearts to attention and receive what you have for us. Lord, I pray for... Any person, either online or here in the room tonight that may not be feeling well, I thank you for healing in their bodies. I thank you, Father, that as we receive your word tonight, Father, we're receiving um, a life and health, Lord God, to our bodies. And we just thank you for healing being released now in Jesus' name. And we believe you, Father, for a great night of victory, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. All right, let's, um, let's begin again in Genesis chapter 1. That'll be the first verse we look at. Uh, tonight, and um, praise God, let me, uh, as always, we try to do just a little bit of review, and I know we've covered this so many times, you probably got it already, times five, amen, Um, but we're answering uh, three questions, Uh, the first one, what am I, it corresponds with your origin, who am I, corresponds with your identity, why am I, corresponds with your purpose, all right? And um, while all three of these are extremely important, what we've learned uh, both from the scriptures, most importantly from the scriptures, but also what we've learned from uh, our daily lives is that these uh, answers need to come in this order. In other words, what you are has to be in place in your life to support who you are. Who you are has to be in place in your life to support why you are. Father has created you and me for a very high and important purpose. But if you have no idea what you are or who you are, there's nothing in place to support this profound truth of why you exist. Notice though, this is the one that people, you know, talk about, you know, it's like, man, there must be a reason for my life, trying to find my life, trying to find myself and these sorts of things. And again, the reason this, uh, the answer to this question seems so elusive to people is because they haven't answered these first two questions. Now... In the course of our study, the psalmist said, what is man? What is man? And so we've been answering that. Man is a God-class being. Man is a spirit being. Man is the legal authority on earth. And then we come to this fourth one. Man is a being created in the image and likeness of God. Man is a being created in the image and likeness of God. And if you've been following along with these uh, classes for very long, you know that we mention this... um, frequently uh... It, it goes back to um, you know our creation and there's a, a a law of a biblical study called the law of first mention. in other words the first time something is mentioned in scripture you need to pay very close attention to it because it's in many ways setting a precedent for every other time that it will be mentioned or, or referenced throughout the word of god and of course there are so many first mentions in uh, Genesis uh, chapters you know, 1, 2, and 3, because this, of course, is the Genesis. It's the beginning, right? And so, when God said in Genesis 1 and 26, uh, God being a three yet one God, three God triune trinity God, um, this is why he said, let us make man in our image. Plural pronouns here, because God's not one, but God is three yet one, okay? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, in previous classes we've looked um, at uh, man's authority uh, as it was given to us by God extends um, not just to the animals and the fish, but to everything that God created. Uh, we have um, authority over, and that is uh, significant. Okay, now, when he says in our image and likeness, he's not just you know, repeating himself. In other words, he's not saying in our image and our image, or in our likeness and our likeness. Image and likeness carry with it two different uh, uh, concepts. Um, and, and when you take these words, like for instance, in Genesis uh, Chapter 1, where he says the earth was without form and void. We have two Hebrew words. Uh, the transliteration of those words are literally tohu and bohu. Okay, T-O-H-U, uh, B-O-H-U. And while they uh, carry different meanings, um, they emphasize and play off of one another. Right, And so is the case then with image and likeness. Um, They carry with them different meanings, but they're meant to emphasize, play off of, even amplify, compound one another. So the idea is that we, in physical appearance, look like God, but our likeness to Him is more than um, our image, our outward appearance. Um, In the sense that God created us to look like He looks, but He also created us to function the way He functions. He created us to function the way He functions. Okay? Now, amen. We, again, have covered a lot of ground, and I know some of you are new to the class, both you know, present here at Heritage Christian Center tonight, as well as those joining us online. And while we don't have time to go back and review all these things, remember that God had an established purpose for us before He ever created us, okay? In other words, He didn't create us and then try to figure out what to do with us. He had a purpose in mind for us and created us in light of that purpose. He created us in such a way as to be able to fulfill the purpose for which He created us. Then we see that He created us to have fellowship with Him, even to be one with Him. And again, those are things that we've covered in great depth and detail in previous classes. So, as I often say, and I'll say again tonight, I didn't insist on God creating me as He created me. I didn't insist on God creating me to look like Him and to function the way He functions. Father God made these decisions for us. Amen. So, the best thing we can do, of course, agree with God, agree with Him quickly. In other words, in, instead of resisting this and fighting this like a God-class being, remember that's where we covered a lot of these things, um, you know. Why God created us the way that He did on the level that He created us on. Um, So that He wanted this close, intimate uh, union with us. Okay? Have a relationship with my puppy. Amen. But it's nothing like the relationship that I have with my wife. By the way, today happens to be her birthday. Amen. And uh, so happy birthday to my darling Pam. Amen. And um, because, again, you know, we remember that. When God looked for a companion for Adam, he searched the earth and there was none comparable. There was none comparable. So he created Eve from Adam, right? So obviously there's none comparable to God, okay? So he created us from himself. Amen. So that he could have fellowship, amen, with us, uh, oneness with us, intimacy with us. Uh, and so again, uh, he created us to look like he looks. And to function the way He functions. Now, what this means on a practical level is that because we were created to function the way God functions, we possess certain abilities. Um, Sometimes I'll refer to these abilities as characteristics. Um, To make it as simple as I know how to say it, is that there are things that you have the ability to do, ways that you were created to function, that exist nowhere else in creation, or at least nowhere else in creation on the level that you and I possess these things, uh, other than in God Himself. Okay? And it's these characteristics, these attributes, these abilities that we have, uh, that make us uh, beings in the image and likeness of God, look, to look like He looks and to function the way He functions, uh, these things become very powerful factors in our lives, very important um, contributors, uh, either positive contributors or negative contributors um, to our life and to the quality of life that we live. Now, we know from Scripture that one of mankind's greatest problems is ignorance. Am I right about this? The Bible says, God speaking, my people are destroyed. For a lack of knowledge, and we know the destroyer is none other than the devil himself. We know from Second Corinthians two eleven that ignorance on our part equals an advantage on the devil's part. It gives him advantage over us when we're ignorant of the devil's devices. We know from Isaiah Hosea four six is where it says people destroyed for lack of knowledge. Isaiah five thirteen, God there speaks of his uh, mighty men being famished with a hunger that can't be satisfied and a thirst that can't be quenched. Again, in bondage, he says, for a lack. Of knowledge right so ignorance again on our part equals an advantage on our enemy's part who only comes to steal kill and destroy All right. now if our enemy only comes to steal kill and destroy how is it that he is able to affect or produce so much stealing killing and destruction right well again I'm offering to you tonight that He's taking what you are and trying to use it against you. Or let me say it another way. Both true on an individual level, what you are used against you, but also what we are, right? Collectively, the enemy is trying to use against us. In other words, characteristics that you have, maybe that you don't understand, amen, that are not only used in a, in a negative, detrimental, harmful way against yourself, but could also be used uh, to produce harm and, and pain uh, in, in the lives of other people. But in the same way, understood and used uh, correctly, uh, these things can produce uh, great good and, and, and bring such blessing and benefit both to us as individuals as well as to others um, around us, right? Now, this is the case that um, we see with, with so many of the things of God. Uh, the things of God carry weight. The things of God, uh, you know, are... When I say they carry weight, they're, they're heavy. Uh, heavy in the sense, not just heavy, you know, like intellectually heavy. Um, they're heavy in the sense that they, they carry substance. They, they are, are, I mean, we're, we're talking about, again, I'm not trying to just blow you out of the water, you know, first 20 minutes of the class tonight, we're talking about forces that created the universe here. Amen. Amen. So, we're, we're not talking about, you know, some little flimsy things that, that have no impact or have no effect. We're, we're talking about some very, very serious things um, that, again... Father fully intends to serve you, to be a blessing to you, uh, to serve others, and to be a blessing to others. But if we don't understand them, and and you know, it's it's like uh, you know some spy movie where the you know the nuclear weapon gets in the hands of the wrong people, you know, in the hands of the of the wrong people, uh, used ignorantly, what God intended to be a great force for good. Can be uh, turned and used for harm and for, and for negativity. It's like gravity. Gravity is meant to bless you, but you can't get on the wrong side of it. Electricity. Again, Father put all that. It's the fascinating thing. Um, but, you know, used properly and correctly, it's a blessing. Again, you, it, it's, it can also be dangerous. Are you, you understanding what I'm saying here tonight? Okay. And, and so, blessing and cursing. Your Father wants you blessed. Um, How about this one? Jesus said He's the chief cornerstone. Am I right about this? Okay, But He said to to us, He's a cornerstone. But to others, the same stone that we're to build our lives upon, He's a rock of offense. And instead of building their lives upon Him, they trip over Him and He winds up falling on top of them and grinding them to powder. Charles Capp said it best, I say said it best, he he made it plain. That's what I mean by saying it best. He said if you put clay out in the sunshine, the clay will harden. If you put wax out in the sunshine, the clay will soften. Is the sunshine a hardener or a softener? And the answer is the sunshine is just the sunshine. The effect it has upon something has to do with the attitude of the condition of the thing to which it's exposed, right? So again, you know, father is father. If you hear His voice you know, and respond to Him, your life will, will be better and move forward and be blessed. But if you hear His voice and reject and resist Him, it's going to harden your heart. And so again, is he, is he a softener or is He a hardener? He's God. Amen. And the effect that He has upon us has to do with the condition of our heart as it's being exposed to Him. Amen. So in the same vein the characteristics, attributes, abilities that we're talking about tonight. They're very powerful. You possess these, but an ignorance of these things um, enables the enemy of your soul to manipulate and use these things against you as opposed to what fought. How about this one? Emotions. Just how many people are dominated by their emotions? Emotions were meant to bless you. Emotions were meant to help you. We have the ability, and we'll talk about this, It's one of the characteristics that, that, that we're going to get into. Um, but we, we have the ability to experience and express emotions because we were created in the image and likeness of a God who has the ability to experience and, um, and express emotions. But for so many people, their emotions don't serve them, they serve their emotions. Not picking on anybody, but I guarantee you there are folks who are not here tonight because they didn't feel like it. I'm saying here. Amen or am right, not. I'm not here to bash anybody, I'm just saying. So we got to understand um, these things, or else the tail will be wagging the dog. Now, we said of these characteristics, and I'm wanting to make sure that we, uh, we cover this, and I know we spent some time here last week, um, but we said that they're dynamic and interactive. They're dynamic and interactive. Okay, So dynamic means a force that stimulates change or movement within a system or process. Characterized by constant activity. In other words, these things are always at work. Gravity is always at work. Gravity never takes a day off. Amen? The sunshine never takes a day off. Are you following what I'm saying here? So we've got to understand this. Um, These things are dynamic in the sense that they're they're characterized by constant activity. They're always producing either a positive or a negative result. The good news is they're an underlying cause of change. The bad news is they're an underlying cause of change. In other words, these things are producing change in our lives, either change for the better or change for the worse. And so we're talking about a force that stimulates change, movement within a system or process. Now, the good news here, and that's what I've got for you tonight is good news, is that if we can understand these things, that means we can use these things to produce greater and greater change and movement within the system or processes of our own individual lives. In other words, we have a tendency, I'll speak for myself, I have a tendency at times to get stuck. Amen? And, um, and that's why, if you've, if you've seen the board, that was actually something the Lord said to me a couple of years ago. The um, Lord laid it on Sister Pam's heart to... To bring that back up for the 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 theme for the bulletin board there by the restrooms um, for the for this new year, at least to get this new year started. And and the question was very simple. The Lord asked me. He said, "Don't you want to know what kind of life is on the other side of that wall you keep hitting? Don't you want to know what kind of life's on the other side of that wall you keep hitting?" And I I know I you know right between the eyes when the Lord asked me that because I did you know and there were some particular things that that um, that he was dealing with me about. Um, But I think we can all relate to. You know, hitting the same wall over and over and over again and wanting to get on the other side of that wall, wanting to break through that wall. Well, the good news is these characteristics, attributes, abilities that we're talking about, these are the things. In other words, if we can learn the power of these things and change, with the Lord's help, um, how these things are functioning and operating in our lives, these are the things that will produce the movement, forward movement. These are the things that will stimulate... um, the, the change um, and again an underlying cause. The reason I like obviously it's, I could pair this definition back, but there's a reason why I like each piece of it. And this one here, the underlying cause. I think I've got it somewhere in my notes, but but let me go ahead and introduce it now, and then when we get to it, we'll maybe mention it again. Um, if something is underlying, that means it's not readily noticeable. It's not it's not immediately obvious. Do you understand what I mean by Underlying, In other words, there are things that are obvious, and then there are things that are not so obvious. Now, as I begin to explain these things to you, if you're looking for something that's going to be like far out you've never heard before, that's not happening, because the reality of it is, these characteristics, these abilities, these attributes, um, are things that you've done all day today, um, already used all day today in your life. Again, that's the whole idea of they're always at work. But, the, but when we say an underlying cause of change, is it's underlying in the sense that we don't often think of it as as powerful and as having much influence over our lives as it really does. And so the phrase that, that, that I use in conjunction with underlying cause of change is that these things are hiding in plain sight. You ever heard that expression? Something's hiding in plain sight? In other words, it's, it's right there for us, um, but we haven't really noticed it um, because it is such um, a... a a, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, it's so much a part of our daily activity and routine that many times we don't recognize, alright? So again, dynamic, but we also said that they were interactive, okay? Interactive is when two or more things working together uh, influence and affect one another, alright? So one of these things, um, like, for instance, the first thing we're going to look at, and I'll give you verses for this. You don't have to write this down now because we're going to go back over it in just a second. The first thing we're going to look at is our ability to think, reason, and form opinions. How powerful is that? How about this? The Bible says, as you think in your heart, so are you. Again, I mean, it, it doesn't get any more um, you know, impactful on our lives um, than if this... You know, this is what determines how things are with you right now. And if you want things that, you know, to change as far as how they are with you right now, then this has to change. It's the underlying cause of change. If your thinking never changes, then how things are with you right now will never change. If, again, that's how, you know, uh, uh, effective, influential, um, you know, th- these things really are. This is why the enemy tries to set up these strongholds in, in our thinking, false beliefs, so forth and so on. All right, So, Remember again, Satan's strategy is to use what you are against you. He wants to take these characteristics, hopefully, you know, manipulate our ignorance of these things uh, and and constantly use them um, against us. Okay? So one of the last ones we're going to look at is your ability to speak. And so again, um, if once your ears and eyes are open, to the truth of these things and the power of these things in, in the Word of God. Hopefully, you'll be able to uh, begin, as, as David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, right? You'll begin to be able to police your own words. In other words, watch what you say, all right? Um, but I'll tell you what else will happen too. You've got to be careful here because you're nobody's judge. Um, but all of a sudden, your ears will be open to just how. Much people around you are shooting themselves in the foot with their words. Okay? Just how much they're sabotaging their own success by the things that come out of their mouths. But again, people don't realize that that's what they're doing because they've never had it explained to them that the words that they speak are charting the course that their life is following. If you never, again, underlying cause, if you. Ne- if you never change what you're saying, you'll never change where you're going. Amen or oh Alright, so there's the slide, hiding in plain sight. So, man is a being um, with the ability to... Let me get caught up here um, in my terms and pages here. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit. Alright, so, misunderstood and used improperly, these characteristics lead to bondage, curses, and death. Understood and used properly, these characteristics lead to freedom, blessing, and life. Amen? Alright, so, man is a being with the ability. I'm going to go ahead and give you the whole list. And I'm going to give you the whole list because they're not just dynamic, they're interactive. So, I'm not, I don't want to just talk about these one at a time. Um, I want to talk about them, well, I, that's not really the right way of saying this. As we talk about these one at a time, I want you to also see how they fit and connect together, how they're interactive, okay, and how they compound one another. You follow what I'm saying here? All right. So we've already mentioned uh, our ability to think, reason, form opinions. We've already mentioned our emotions. We've already mentioned our ability to speak. That's three of the list of five I'm going to give you. But just with that, that list of three, right, things we think about, how that affects us emotionally, and then the words that come out of our mouths. I'm sure I'm probably the only person in the room, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, right, uh, that has ever gotten in an emotional state and said something that you later regretted. So notice again, when we say interactive, uh, what you say is powerful. What you say with emotion is even more powerful. Are you, you right? Amen. This is why some people have uh, such a problem with using four-letter words and stopping that. Because, you know, there's, there, there is um, something released out of a man or a woman uh, when they use those words. Am I right about it? it, it it's, it's something is, is activated. Something is, you know, uh, touched deeper inside of us. Um, again, that's this combination of, of things, uh, characteristics, and how they interact uh, with and compound upon one another. Alright, so let's go through the whole list, and then we'll break them down one at a time and weave them all together. Alright, can I give you full disclosure? Yes, sister. Yeah, I've got it in my notes, yes ma'am. We'll, we'll give it to them. Amen. Yeah. So again, James even says that, you know, blessing and cursing shouldn't come out of out of the same mouth because salt water and fresh water doesn't come out of the same fountain. You know. Um, and so we know the divided man and, and so forth and so on. So all right. So can I give you full disclosure right quick, and the Lord's going to help us. You in, you in agreement with me, Lord's going to help us, all right? Um, I, I have a tendency, when I, when I do this class, right now we, we're not just on schedule, we're actually a little bit ahead of schedule, okay? Which I'm excited about, all right? But this is normally where the schedule uh, gets demolished in this section of teaching right here. Because the reality of it is this. Um, we could spend two or three weeks talking about, number one, your ability to think, reason, and form opinions and the power that has over your life, okay? In other words, there, not just because there's that much I could tell you about it, there are that many verses in the Bible about it, okay? I mean, you hear sister, right? She's like, you know, what about this and What about that one? And, and, and she could go on and on and on and on. There is, you know, the communication, the emotions, You know, the Bible has so much to say about our emotions. It has so much to say about our thoughts and thinking. It has so much to say about the words of our mouth, right? Um, Not to mention one of these, the one I haven't given you yet is is belief and believing, your ability to believe, right? Does the Bible have anything to say about that? So, you know, we've been almost two years now on Wednesday night uh, on the subject of faith with no end in sight. So, I'm saying this full disclosure one for the Lord, two for myself, three for you, All right. I don't want us to get too bogged down in these things. That's one of the reasons I'm just going to give you the list. Amen? (laughs) Instead of this, you know, anticipation building, what have you. We'll give you the list, you can see the list, see how the list all works together, and then we're going to try to move quickly uh, through these things because, again, there's still so much more for us to cover in the time that we have left together. Okay, so, man is a being... With the ability. Create the image and likeness of God. God has the ability to think, reason, and form opinions. He gave you that same ability. This goes to free will. This goes to your ability to choose. This goes to your ability to think for yourself. This goes to your ability, um, right, to make up your own mind. Amen. God gave you and me that capacity, that ability. Number two, talking about hiding in plain sight, man is a being with the ability to agree. Agree. Amen. And before I even get there, before I even get there, okay? The devil very subtly, very deceptively is is always trying to put you in a position to agree with something that you don't agree with. Right? Like I'll be sitting there, you know, somebody's pouring their heart out to you. It happens to me a lot, it happens to you, it happens to me a lot. Pam will tell you, I, you know, stranger in a restaurant come up to me, start pouring their heart out to me. mean, you know, and, and the empathy in me Wants to sit there and nod my head, you know. Had a lady the other day, uh, I won't go into the story, she might be watching, you know. I had a lady the other day, though, you know, pouring her heart out to me. And, um, and, man, she was saying stuff couldn't have been more, and, and, you know. It's like the, the teacher in me was wanting to say, you know, where in the world are you coming up with these things, right? But, again, it's, I'm not going to say any more about the situation, all right, because, again, I'm not trying to air somebody's private conversation with me. Um, but the point being, everything in me was wanting to nod my head, right? But, I, but no, I don't agree with that. I'm not saying yes to that, right? I'm having this whole thing going on inside of me like, you know, Lord, you're going to have to give me some answers here, but I'm, not, I'm deliberately not going to sit here and nod my head in agreement. And I'm not going to make her mad and sit there and go, either, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but you follow what I'm saying? The devil always tries to put you in positions to, you know, where you feel like you, you, you're being cornered into agreeing with something that you shouldn't agree with. Again, it's because this power, your ability to, to agree is a very powerful factor in your life. Right? Number three is your ability to believe. Your ability to believe. And um, so again, hopefully we'll get there tonight. But faith is a, is a, is, is a part of this. And, and I don't, let me just, if I could, just real quick like uh, on this one, um, your ability to believe is a factor in so many different, just um, dis- like you believe that chair would, would hold you up and you sit down in it. And you didn't think about it, but if you ever like, especially if you're as big as me, you know, some chairs you look at, you're not sure about, right? Um, So sometimes this operates seamlessly in our lives and we don't realize that it's happening. But I distinguish faith from this version of believing, okay, in that faith is your ability to believe latched on to something God has said, faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, okay? In other words, the same ability to believe something God has said, right, you know, the Again, people believe things that are not true all the time. So we have the ability to believe, ultimately to believe God and trust Him, but there are many false beliefs that people have in their lives and their hearts that are very destructive uh, as well. Right? Number four, man's a being with the ability to experience and express emotions. Experience and express emotions. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, You do realize that the reason you have the ability to get angry is that God has the ability to get angry? Amen. Except for the Bible tells us, another another one out of Ephesians, right sister? Be angry and don't sin. And then don't stew in your anger and let the sun go down on your wrath. Okay. But again, anger in and of itself is not a bad thing. As a matter of fact, anger is meant to be positive. It's meant to produce positive results. There are some things that should make us angry. There are some things that should stir us up. Jesus, speaking to the generation of people who were alive on planet earth while He was here in the flesh, He said something along these lines. What's wrong with y'all? We cry and mourn and nobody cries or mourns. We play the flute and dance and nobody gets up and dances. In other words, they... They were almost like emotionally flat. Nothing stirred them either way. My friend, that's not good. We, we should, amen, experience a broad spectrum of emotions. We, we were created by God um, uh, to experience those. And, and to have those things even motivate and inspire us. In other words, there are things that should make us angry that, and that anger moves us to righteous action. But again... Average person on planet earth, anger winds up motivating them in, a, in an opposite direction. Okay? And then number five is in a lot of ways the, the interactive culmination, the dynamic interactive culmination of them all, and that is man's being with the ability to speak. Man is a being with the ability to speak. And notice the Bible says what comes out of your mouth is what's in your heart in abundance. It's Matthew 12, 34. Notice that our thoughts, our agreements, our beliefs, um, and then our ability to experience and express emotions often come to the tip of the spear, right? Which is our words. That's a lot of times where those things are released out of us. And it's in those times that we see (laughs) either something, again, very powerful for good or something... Uh, that can be very uh, negative and, and, um, and bad. Alright, so, let's get, let's get to it here. Man is, the, is a being with the ability to think, reason, and form opinions. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Now, here again, he's talking about when you go to a rich man's house and, and how you should handle yourself um, because how that man may be uh, presenting himself to you uh, could very well uh, be a front. And, and how he thinks in his heart is how he really is. Okay? Alright? So, again, the takeaway for you and me is that as you think in your heart, so are you. As you think in your heart, so are you. Okay? Okay? Now, this is important. I'm going to take just a minute here. I don't want to confuse you, but we looked not too long ago at the truth, we are spirit beings. And we said that you have an inward part, inward man, and an outward man. And the Bible says that the outward man is perishing, you know, it's growing older. Um, experiencing wear and tear, but the inward man's being renewed day by day. And from that verse and others, we established this amazing truth, and that is one person experiencing two realities at the same time. Okay? So you can, if you're born again, you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But most people who've been born again still think like the person they were instead of the person they became. Therefore, they live like the person they were instead of the person that they truly are. Notice again, as you think in your heart, so are you. Your behavior will always line up with what you believe to be true about yourself even if what you believe to be true about yourself isn't true. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So your life reality is going to reflect your thinking. Amen. Even if that's a misrepresentation, of who you truly are in your born-again spirit. This is why the renewing of the mind is so important. This is why learning to think the way God created us to think, thinking in agreement with who we became the day we became a new creation in Christ Jesus, is the key to living that righteousness. Remember, the inward reality of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He's not saying make your own deal with God. He's saying the reality of the new birth that's in you Through the renewing of your mind, it's becoming now an outward expression of life. So, when it says, as you think in your heart, so are you, again, he's talking about how it is in your life reality, physical life reality, but not necessarily a reflection of who you truly are at the born-again spirit level of your existence. Yes, are you getting this? This is really important here now. This is really, really important. That's why the Bible says, let the poor man say I'm rich. Let the weak man say I'm strong. Right? Because um, that's not mind over matter. If you're born again, you are rich. If you're born again, you are strong. If you're born again, you are healed. Let the sick man say, I'm healed. But you can be healed all day long, and if you continue to think you're sick, you're going to be sick. You can't live beyond your thinking. And, And so, Father's already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. But as long as we see ourselves as beat down, busted, and broke, as long as we think of ourselves as beat down, busted, and broke, right? The, 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 the heir, as long as he's a child, differs nothing from a slave, though he be Lord of all. Anybody remember that? Galatians 4.1, right? The, the, the heir, large and in charge, as long as he's a child, think in your heart, right? Thinks like a child. I'm going to show you that verse in a moment. Amen? He's going, to, he's going to live like a slave, not just a child. He's going to live like a slave. Even though he's not a slave, he's Lord of all. Okay? Yes? yes Alright. So, as you think in your heart, so are you. Now, let me give you another verse here. Luke chapter 8 and verse 18. Alright? Luke chapter 8 and verse 18. Therefore take heed how you hear. Now, all this is really important. I'm not going to try to teach on this whole verse tonight. For whoever has to him more will be given, and whoever does not have even what he has or seems to have will be taken from him. Um, If I could just, if you want to study this out later, uh, Matthew 13 has another version of this as well, this parable and or this statement. And and what he's talking about here is whoever has an open um, heart or a ready heart to receive, um, more and more truth and 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 wisdom will be given to him. But whoever does not have, in other words, if if your if your heart's closed off and you're not open to these things, even what you seem to have be taken from him. Remember what Jesus said, the, 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 the enemy comes immediately to steal the word. So the word's given to you. If you don't have an open heart to receive it, the devil will very quickly steal it from you. But if you have an open heart to receive it, not only will you receive what Father God is saying to you, um, but you'll be able then to be given more and more and even more. Yes? Alright, now. But here is the principle that, that you know... Uh, Aligns itself with this when Jesus says, Take heed how you hear. And I want to, again, I'm emphasizing, I'm going to walk over here by this word, H O W. Because a lot of times, what we think is not how you hear, but what you hear. What you hear. So he's not talking about content, he's talking about context. Okay, did you get that? That was really fancy. I've never said it that way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right, He's not talking about the content of what you hear. I'm not saying the content of what you hear isn't important. It is important. Jesus talked about that. There are certain things we shouldn't listen to. There are certain thoughts we shouldn't entertain. There are certain music and jokes and blah, blah, whatever. All kinds of things. You need to be careful what you hear. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Okay, yes, but in this case, Jesus is talking about something different. He's not talking about the content of what you're hearing. He's talking about the context. How you're hearing it. Or let me say it another way. The filter through which you're hearing it. You following me? Do what? Well, yes, who you're hearing it from. but, But you can be hearing truth from someone speaking truth. But if you already have preconceived ideas about those truths, right? It's going to create a filter that's going to equals something different landing in your heart. Let's go back to the crystal clear water poured at the top of that coffee maker, passes through the coffee grounds in the filter. By the time it lands in the pot, it's something completely different than what was poured in the top. So we have these, hold that thought just a second, brother. So we have these preconceived ideas that we hear things through, amen? Opinions, again, things that we've reasoned out, things that we've come to conclusions, opinions that we've formed in our minds, they become this filter through which we hear things. I was told for years the baptism of the Holy Spirit wasn't for today. I heard people talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit through that filter. It wasn't what I was hearing. I was hearing truth. It was how I was hearing it right? that was, that was keeping me uh, separated from this gift that Father God was trying to give to me. Yes, brother. That's it right there. That's it right there. The way I love to illustrate um, context is, did you know the Bible says there is no God? And the Bible does say there is no God. It says, the fool has said in his heart there is no God. But see, I I I just took that out of context. So now, right, you take it out of context, you make it say anything you want to say. Okay? So, therefore take heed how you hear. Well, what determines how you hear something? The uh, thoughts, the opinions, the way you reason and process um, information. Let me show it to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11. Alright? Again, there's all kinds of wonderful verses around this that we could talk about. I'm just trying to stay really, really focused tonight on, on the things that, that we're here to... Uh, to discuss and understand. All right. So again, perhaps some of you are familiar with this verse, First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse eleven. I still hear some of you turning, so I give you a minute to get there. All right. This is one you might want to mark in your Bible if you don't already have it uh, marked or highlighted in some way. Again, okay, no no pressure. Uh, Michael was kidding around before class. You know, sitting on the front row. That you know, I'm making sure everybody's taking notes. Okay. Don't feel intimidated by that. If you don't like the mark in your Bible, don't do it. I just again, there's some. You know, key verses, uh, th- all the Word of God's important. There's some key verses that really, you know, help uh, make points, key points, enforce key points. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, by the way, is, is often referred to as the love chapter because we have uh, one of the most uh, definitive and thorough definitions of love as, as exists anywhere. Amen. Um, uh, you know, and, and it's needed because so many people are confused about what love really is all right but this is what he says in verse 11 of that chapter when I was a child so he's talking about something that that was in the past right when I was a child I spoke as a child I understood as a child I thought as a child but when I became a man I put away childish things okay when I was a child I spoke as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Remember that Paul used the same word child again in Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. The heir, heir of God, right? As long as he's a child, differs nothing from a slave. Life reality is going to look more like a slave even though he's ruler, lord of all. Okay? So now he's saying when I was a child, I spoke as one who's a child. Let me, I know some people get nervous i'm not adding to or taking away i'm i'm trying to paraphrase this so that you will see why the holy spirit is emphasizing these three key key areas okay Um, i was a child i spoke as a child and i spoke as a child because i understood as a child and i understood as a child because i thought as a child if you think like a child long enough you're going to understand like a child And if you understand like a child, how can you speak like an adult? Right? If if you think like a child, you're going to understand things like a child. And if you understand things like a child, then you're going to speak like a child. Right? Now, let me tell you what's not stated here but is clearly implied. If you think like a child, if you understand like a child, and if you speak like a child, do you really think you're going to behave and live like an adult? (laughs) It's going to be a hard no, right? Amen. So, although behavior is not specifically uh, stated here, it is is absolutely implied that as as long as we think, understand, and speak one way, it's, it's impossible for us, again, it's impossible to live differently from the way you think, understand, and speak, okay? It is impossible to live differently from the way you think, understand, and speak, all right? Now, praise God. Um, let um, mm -mm. Let me give you this, then we'll come back to that, okay? So this means Satan can influence your life to the extent he can influence your thinking. Satan can influence your life to the extent he can influence your thinking. Right? Amen. And if the way you think determines the way things are, do you see how the enemy is trying really, really, really hard to influence the way you think? Yes? All right. Now, let's go back to, um, let's go back to, praise God, let's go back to this verse for a moment. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Okay? Um, thank you, Jesus. Let's, this, is, this is the first connection I want you to, to see here. Um, when Jesus said, take heed how you hear, take heed how you hear, you hear things through the filter of your understanding. You hear things through the filter of your understanding. It's one of the most most important things you can let the Lord help you with is is to be teachable. Um, It's to to, uh, recognize like the Apostle Paul that um, that, we haven't arrived yet. We're still learning and growing. And while we're very thankful for what we know and we can see right now, um, we we need to acknowledge that that there are still things for us to learn, and there are still things that we can't yet see. One of the reasons, it's a chapter in the book, Becoming a Threat to Addiction, um, and one of the reasons that so many people fail at recovery is that they let what they know about recovery keep them from learning what they need to know. And that's not just true in recovery, it's true in a whole bunch of... matter of fact, it can be true in, in virtually every life endeavor. Right? In other words, there's a lot of people who um, let what they know about parenting keep them from learning what they need to know about parenting. What they know about marriage from learning what they need to know about marriage. So, it's very easy for us to, to develop an understanding early on and, and then that understanding, you know, becomes so solidified that we never allow the Lord to help us continue to grow in our understanding, to grow in, in, in our ability to learn and incorporate more and more of His truth and knowledge and wisdom in our lives. amen but that's not you obviously you wouldn't be here on a Wednesday at five o'clock you know for on a Wednesday at five o'clock for you know, for a two hour class if you weren't interested in learning all right but this when Jesus says, the context that, that you hear, the filter that you hear, that's more than anything else, that's your understanding. That's your understanding. It's the way you uh, look at things. It's, it's the way um, you view the world, the way, the way you process information as it, as it enters your ear gate, eye gate, what have you. Yes, Sister Dot? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And so experiences are certainly become because what the experience what the experience does is either correctly or incorrectly so, it solidifies the the thought. It's it's it let let me let me try to give you like a a progression here. in, In the process, let me make the point, all right? Our thoughts become the raw materials from which our beliefs are formed. But they go through a process of the thoughts become understandings and the understandings become solidified in things we believe. Things we believe. Right? And so, um, and of course, the real damage as it affects our lives on on a day in, day out, moment by moment basis is when we believe things to be true that are in actually untrue. They're lies, right? They're, 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 they're falsehoods. So we're talking about then things that we believe that are false beliefs. Things we believe to be true that are not true. Remember what Jesus said in John 8. He said, if, if, you can, if you continue in My Word, you'll be My disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If the truth is what enables us to live in freedom then not knowing the truth or believing a lie has to be what keeps us in bondage. What keeps us from breaking through into the life that God created us to live. You with me so far? All right. so Sister Dot, uh, you know, so accurately brought up experiences. So, let let me give you an example. So, the devil tries to tell all of us that we're not as good as everybody else, right? You know, you're not as pretty as Susie. You're not as uh, good as, as, as John. You're this, you're that, right? Um... And, um, and so we initially as kids are like, you know, we bow up on that. Most kids do. Some kids, depending on how they're raised, what have you. But I'm talking about like small children, elementary school, even, you know, leading up to that. We, we tend to bow up against that, right? Um, but then, you know, the devil tells us that lie, but then, you know, the kickball teams are picked, and you're the last one standing there, and it's like, the two captains are arguing over who has to have you on their team and the devil's right there in that moment right see I told you right see it's experience right it's an experience that he's trying to use to reinforce one of his lies and and he'll play the long game like that against us you know so then you know you got the you got the crush on the on the the young lady right so you send her a note or get your friend to send her a note will you go with me circle one yes or no right and she just tears the thing up and throws it in the garbage she don't even circle one right you know and so there's the devil again right see i told you i told you you're not like everybody else they, you are so uh, absolutely those experiences um, so but it's how they it's how they reinforce the thoughts it's how they solidify and form those thoughts into a way of understanding understanding is how we process information. Okay, um, you ever tried? You ever tried to to, to help somebody understand something, right? That, and they absolutely—they're you know, like—they're looking at you like you're a nut, right? They—they're not—they're not having it because you know what's that? What's that saying? Don't don't confuse me with the with the facts. My mind's made up. In other words, they they they've got it's it's already so uh, set in stone, so to speak, that um, that that's how they process what they're hearing. Listen, this is this is why so many in the body of Christ are living so far beneath what Jesus paid such a high price for us to have an experience. It's because of religious lies, religious traditions that we've believed this is how it is, this is the will of God. You know, th- th- these are the things that 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 living a Christian life is supposed to look like and be and and it's, it's things that the Bible absolutely positively does not bear out of support. But again, it's 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 the way people understand it, and so they hear somebody like me or you try to tell them something different, and that, that filter, right, becomes the thing that you know keeps them from growing beyond that. Yes, sir. I have a question. Okay. Okay. Sorry, and then I, I, I feed on the word, and and, and as a babe, I'm taking the sincere milk of God, you know, the like a baby, and then I grow on, and, and ten years later, I'm a little more, I guess, grown up than I was when I first got saved. Yes. All right. And so we have to learn how to walk, talk, and process our thoughts spiritually, like we did when we were physical, physical babies. We had to learn how to walk. Exactly. Okay. You mean physically younger than them. Okay. It yes and no. It can be. Um and, and the reason for those of you who are watching online, he's talking about like somebody who's born again when they're twenty five and you know, been saved 10 years and somebody born again 40 and they're a babe in Christ, you know, the chronological age versus the, let's just say, spiritual maturity age. So what we see in Hebrews 5 is that the Holy Spirit through the writer of Hebrews says to certain people that they've been been born again long enough to be teachers, but they need somebody to go back and teach them again because they're still like babes, even though they should be leaders in the body of Christ. They're still the spiritual infants, right? Um, so, you know, I've seen folks that, um, you know, been born again for many years and have experienced very little to, to no growth in their lives. And then I've seen folks that been born again for just a, a relatively uh, short period of time that have outdistanced them in their spiritual growth and development. So it's not, it, it's not year for year. Just because you've been saved for 20 years doesn't mean you're spiritually mature. Um, and just because you've been only saved for a few years means that you can only be a few years old spiritually, you know, spiritually mature. Um, That's, that is a huge part of it, spend the time with God, spend the time in the Word, but it goes back even to what Sister Dot is saying, the experience. It's not just hearing, but it's doing the word. Um, it's and and it's exercising our faith. It's exercising ourselves towards godliness. It's it's um, humbling ourselves, right? Because we grow because of grace, and God gives grace to the humble. Um, so it's 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 a, a lot of things. I would say more than anything, it's an it's an attitude. There's the attitude uh, before God uh, that that would enable a person to grow. Versus and and. If you, if you look at the, the parable of the sower, um, it's, he's, he's talking about the Word of God being seed and the condition or attitude of a man or woman's heart towards God and His Word uh, as the soil. The heart being the soil, but, but the condition of the soil, the condition of that heart being the attitude towards that, right? And so you've got folks who, um, and I try to just simplify it, you've got people who quit before um they understood the word. Bible says that they didn't understand that the devil stole it from them. You got people who, um, th- the next group, the Bible says they received the words, sp- sprung up quickly, but then because of pressure applied to their lives because of the word's sake, that um, that they wilted. So these are the folks who quit before they put down roots. And putting down roots takes some time. Um, we talk about this in the book becoming a threat to addiction. The first season of grapes on a grapevine as, as exciting and as, as wonderful as that is um, that first season of grapes is meant to deepen the roots strengthen the vine and lengthen the branches uh, which are then pruned and then the next season that second harvest of grapes is, is, is where we really really see the breakthrough right and so you've got the folks that sprung up but when the pressure was applied no root they wilted The third category of folks, I call them the people that quit and never knew they did because other things grew up and choked it out. But then you've got that last group of people. The Bible says they received the word with gladness, produced 30, 60, 100 fold fruit. Um, And that's ultimately how our spiritual maturity is uh, is judged and will be rewarded one day is by the fruitfulness that we're producing for our Father. He's glorified by much fruit and how much the Word of God is producing its intended results in our lives, and, and so forth and so on. And, and so, if you go back to that parable of parables, as Jesus called it, um, the, the, the key difference that we see, and I know some of you weren't here, we covered this, I think, in the second class. So then, was now 19 classes ago, so it's been a while. Um, but the, the key difference that we see there is an attitude that says, I'm, I'm laying hold of this, and I'm not turning loose of this, and... and um, Jesus preached a sermon, and a lot of people left and followed him no more, the Bible says. His disciples sitting around the fire that evening, Jesus looks at them and says, Are you leaving also? Peter says, Where else will we go? You have the words of life. But the awesome thing about it is they didn't understand the sermon either. But notice the difference in their attitude. Their attitude was, We don't really know what you're talking about, Jesus, but we know you got the answers. And, and, and we're. So notice they didn't let their understanding. So There's other folks thought they understood what Jesus was saying, and based upon it, became offended. The disciples didn't fully understand, but their attitude was, you have the words of life. One translation says, when you speak, something comes alive inside of me. So their attitude was, you know things we don't know, and so rather than be offended when you say something we don't understand, we're going to hang around long enough to understand it. You see? So it's those things that... um, Amen. Uh, So, praise God. Course related here. Uh, And the Bible speaks of those who are as spiritual infants, those who are spiritual children, those who are as spiritual adults. Again, going all the way back to some of the very first classes we had. Some of you were here for those, some of you joined us uh, along the way. But you will only grow as an adult, as a a human being. You will only grow uh, to a certain point unless you shift into serving and doing something for other people. As as long as you are being served by others, as long as you are, you know, let's just say preparing a meal and feeding it to yourself, okay, um, you only grow so far. Um, it's when we take that next step of getting out beyond ourselves and doing something, you know, for somebody else. I'm watching this. I, I remember it, but it was different when we were experiencing it firsthand with our children, but I'm watching how much my grandson has changed my daughter and my uh, son-in-loves. Uh, he, we're not under the law, we're under grace. My son in grace, I mean, <laughs> Jake. How much Oliver has changed Jake and Bethany's lifestyle, right? You know, they're you know, newlyweds and um, got other newlywed friends that don't have children and, and um Jake, like this younger generation, you know, likes to play video game here and there and stuff. Not since Oliver came along. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? In other words, the, grand, the grandson. But notice now, that's, that's part of their transition in life. We're, we're now so much of their, uh, if, if there's a such thing as you know, a parent of a 12-month-old, right? Uh, it, it, so much of their free time, practically every waking moment, uh, is, is devoted uh, to him. And so there's a lot of folks, they never become adults. I'm not saying my daughter and and, and Jake weren't adults before, but you understand what I'm saying. Until, you know, we actually take the focus off of ourselves and place it elsewhere. And so that's a a key reason why a lot of people never grow is because they never want to serve. They never want, even in the body of Christ, right? You you know, we've come to a place in the body of Christ you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And most people think that means coming to church. Coming to church is not serving the Lord. Coming to church is where you come to be served. The Word of God, you, you come to be led by anointed men and women in worship. You know, serving God is like keeping the nursery. Serving God is driving the van and, and, and going and picking up folks for church. You that's doing something. You follow what I'm saying? <laughs> ah! All right, praise God. Leave me alone, Cecil. Get me? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, man. I, I, you get me all stirred up up here. You know, uh, don't get me started on all this. But again, that's that's right. Um, and and so because of that, you you can be in church 50 years, and if and if you just go for what you can get out of it, you're not going to grow. Yeah, absolutely. I asked the Lord one time because it baffled me for years. It baffled me for years. Um, people that I, I know, they love Jesus. They're, it, that's not even in question. Uh, I know they love me. It's, it's not even in question. But you couldn't pay them a $1,000 to come to church on Sunday night. And I'm like, Father, I, you know, I don't, you gotta help me with this we would you know we would have like those services on Sunday morning where it's just like you know you you're you know it's like angel feathers are falling you know I mean it's like so you know early on the days of heritage I'm like man it's gonna be packed out tonight after the service this morning if anything there will be like less people back on on a Sunday night after a Sunday morning service like that and finally I'm like Lord just help me understand this if it's something I can do or whatever and 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 here's the answer he gave me are you ready he said they got everything that they came for on Sunday morning. See, as long as, it's, as long as we come to church for what we can get out of it, right? At some point, it's not about what can I get from this, but what can I contribute to this? See, that's a big difference right there. If it's like, well, you know, I got what I needed. Woo, that's good service, Pastor Mark. We'll catch you in a couple of weeks, you know. Well, see, again, that's that's not, amen. That's we can only grow so far with that attitude, with that mindset. But when our when our assembling together is not just for, I'm not saying we shouldn't get something out of it when we're here. We should, okay. But when our assembling together is um, only for what we can get out of it, right? what here's, the, here's the, the, the right attitude our father wants us to assemble together and he instructs us in his word to not forsake it to do it to, to are you following what I'm saying when you understand that every time people gather together in his name and talk about him he records every detail Malachi tells us this he records every detail of it in a book that's how precious it is to him somewhere in heaven somewhere in heaven this is all being recorded not just not just here on the earth it's being recorded who's here who said what who asked what question again that's how precious these things are to our father and so again first and foremost being faithful to church is being faithful to to the to the head of the church right and i'm talking about me i'm talking about jesus and then being faithful to church is recognizing the church is more than a place you go and, and and gather. The church is people. I'm faithful to church because I want to be faithful to you. And I want you to be faithful to me as a member of the body of Christ, as a fellow member of the body of Christ, right? Again, we don't we don't have our minds right. I think notice back this understanding, how we understand it, what we think it's about. And 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 even how people in this room and listening to me right now are hearing all this. Somebody he just nothing worse than a fussing preacher. Let me let me let me see who's gossiping over here on Instagram. And I'm not fussing. I'm just I'm I'm just I'm passionate about these things. But again, it comes back to it comes back to the understanding. It comes back to what we believe about these things, how we think about these things, how we our opinion of these things. And 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 it's what keeps so many people in a perpetual state of spiritual immaturity. Amen or me? Alright, praise God. So, thoughts are the raw materials from which your understandings and then ultimately your beliefs are formed. Every belief that you have right now began at some point in your life as a thought. Everything you believe right now, true or false, right or wrong, good or bad, everything you believe about yourself, everything you believe about God, everything you believe about um, money, whatever, all of that began as a thought or as thoughts plural that coalesced and, and, and came together and, and formed, they became the raw material for the beliefs that you have right now. All right? So do you see why our ability to think, reason, and then from those thoughts, reasoning, understanding, processing information, and from that forming opinions, opinions, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. that the two key areas the enemy focuses on the most when it comes to your thoughts and, and reasoning and you know, opinions, beliefs, we could say it that way, that are formed in us through these thoughts and our thinking, is your opinion of God and your opinion of yourself. What you think about you And what you think about Him. Okay? And it took me many years to come to this conclusion. But I am convinced that as much as the enemy wants you to have wrong opinions about God, even more so, he wants you to have wrong opinions about yourself. Because even if you have a right understanding and a right opinion of His love for you, let's use it as an example. If you still believe you're unlovable, you see the difference there, right? In other words, if, if you got it right, God is love. But if you got it wrong, there's no way He could love somebody like me. Notice the, that most destructive. Are you following what I'm saying? okay? So, again, I've done what I said I wasn't going to do. We spent a lot of time on this. But are you seeing getting the flavor, getting the feel for these things. All right? So it's impossible to live differently from the way you think, understand and speak. Satan can influence your life to the extent he can influence your thinking, all right? So let's move let's move ahead. Man's a being with ability to think, reason and form opinions. Then number 2, man is a being with the ability to agree, to agree. Now, <clears throat> Because these are interactive, you're going, to see, you're going to start to see some overlap here. But I want to begin with just talking about agreement alone and the fact that you and I have the ability to do that. We take it for granted. It's hiding in plain sight. Um, and we don't really recognize um, how powerful a thing, a po- how powerful a factor that agreement really is. Let me try to show it to you first of all in the scriptures. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19. Again, I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Okay? That's powerful right there, isn't it? That's some powerful, powerful stuff. Right? So notice how the enemy is always trying to, to stir discord among believers to prevent that kind of agreement. Yes, my brother. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. There is tremendous power in agreement. That's why the enemy is trying to manipulate agreement in the sense that he doesn't want positive, effective agreement um, concerning the things of God and faith and prayer. Um, um, disagreement with those things. But then for us to form agreements uh, and, and agree with uh, things that may be factual, but are not true. Do you hear what I just said? May be factual, but are not true. Scripture says, says it this way, whose report will you believe, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? So, Satan is always trying to get you on the wrong side of agreement. Trying to get you to agree with the doctor's report instead of agreeing with the word of God. Always trying to get you to agree with the checking account balance instead of agreeing with Proverbs 1022. Always you follow what I'm saying? Alright, so th- this is th- this is we've got to understand um, the power of agreement. There's that passage, Isaiah 53, 1, who's believed our report and whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Let me tell you who the arm of the Lord is, is revealed to, those who believe the report of the Lord. You believe his report, you'll see his arm. Amen, if you never believe what He has to say about your situation, then you will not see His power because His power is released through this thing called faith. Amen. Let me just show you real quick Genesis 11 and 6. Again, I could tell you the whole story, but this' when the people came together to build the tower of Babel, Genesis 11:6 and the Lord God said, and the Lord said, "Indeed the people are one, and they all have one language and this is what they begin to do, now nothing they propose to do will be withheld from them. So, this is God speaking now. How many of you know He's, He knows it? He knows the power of agreement. Um, and, and notice that these folks have come together amongst themselves. They have agreed to do something amongst themselves. God did not tell them to do this. God was not behind this. This was something they did, let's say it this way, independently of God, and yet because they were of, of one mind, because they were working together in agreement and in harmony, God said, not the people, God said nothing they proposed to do will be withheld from them. What? It is true today, yes ma'am. Yes ma'am. And I use things like um, putting a man on the moon there was a lot of people that came together in agreement to accomplish that. You know, um, set our mind to do something and, and, and you know, it's phenomenal uh, that, 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 you know, it was accomplished. Right? Alright, so, James chapter 4, verse 7. James 4 and 7. He says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Alright? Now a lot of times we say resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But that's not the whole verse. The whole verse is, number one, submit to God. Number two, in a place of submission to God, resist the devil. And when you're submitted to God and resisting the devil, the devil will run from you. Okay? So do you see why the devil is always trying to to lure us into, deceive us into submitting to Him and resisting God. Agreeing with the things of this world, the lies of the enemy, and disagreeing with our Heavenly Father. Okay? So again, a lot that's there. I know you think on the surface, uh, you know that one's kind of weak, Pastor Mark. Don't you dare make that mistake. Don't you dare make that mistake. And I pray that every person in this room will be more aware from this point forward in your life of the things the enemy is trying to get you to agree with. I think, I'm trying to remember who it was, and I apologize for not remembering exactly it may have been Brother Jesse Duplantis, and we talked about him last week. Um, but basically, the, the conversation with the Lord went something like this. Um, you know, h- how do I you know, basically frustrate the enemy? And the Lord said, and if I'm paraphrasing, if I'm getting this off, the, see the bigger picture, not the details, okay, please? But basically, the Lord said back to him, you frustrate him the same way you frustrate me, by not listening to anything he has to say. (laughs) Just don't agree with him. Just don't agree with him. Right? Quote the Word word to him. Because again, when we quote the Word, what are we doing? We're agreeing with God, not Him. He's brought a lie to us, and we've counteracted that lie with the truth. Amen. Amen. All right, let's keep rolling here. Man's a being with the ability... To think, reason, and form opinions. Um, enter into, a, you know, agree with things. Right? Be careful what you agree to. Be careful what you, who you agree with. Amen? There's power in agreement. And then the third one is, man is a being with the ability to believe. Man is a being with the ability to believe. So, as always, has been the pattern. How powerful are these things? Well, Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe... Some things are possible to him who believes. Is that what it says? No, it says all things are possible to him who believes. So, as you think, so are you. If you agree as touching anything, it will be done for you. And now we see how powerful is this characteristic, this attribute that we have, this ability that we have to believe? Jesus said if you can believe, nothing's out of reach for you. All things are possible to him who believes. Amen, I feel you getting a little weary on me. I mean, we still got a little minute to go. You good? Yeah. All right, so let's do this. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 5. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 5. I want you to turn there, then I might just run through a few right quick. Okay, well, amen. Let me me encourage you to do something, and I've I've started getting a little more bold about these things, okay? And um, I know it may sound odd, uh, and perhaps even some who don't know me, it may even sound arrogant. Part of the reason why I've, I've started getting a little more bold about these things is because I've actually been listening to some of them myself. And I want to I encourage you uh, to follow along with us in our um, Faithmatics series on Wednesday nights. Okay, We're, we're learning some things about faith that um, you need to know. Amen. Um. It's some things that the Lord is teaching me and it's making a tremendous difference in mine and Pam's life and um, in my life and Pam's life and um, I want you to lay hold of those things uh, yourself as well. Okay, I know some of you can't stay for different reasons Um, but the sermons are free podcast, video, audio um, so I really want you to to grab hold of that okay i'm doing that number one because i want you to grab hold of it. number two that's what i'm telling myself look you know we could we could spend four weeks just on this subject alone here Um, and and you'll see here in first john chapter five why this is so important For whatever is born of god overcomes the world anybody in here born of god all right so if you're born of god you overcome the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Not this is the victory that will, but has. See, in order to understand faith, you have to change the language. Right? You didn't say this is the victory that will, this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. There's nothing in this world that you cannot overcome by faith nothing in this world that you cannot overcome by faith there's no obstacle blocking your path that you cannot move with faith Amen. the devil knows this the devil knows this of all these characteristics you know they, they all frighten the devil I mean I'm just telling you he knows that if 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 you quit thinking the way he's trying to influence you to think, and you start thinking in agreement with God, and agree with God, and agree with Him quickly, and agree with God's people, and and then start exercising your faith in agreement with God's people, with your mind, um, and your words, and your thoughts, and your words and your actions aligned with the Word of God, you, you become an unstoppable force. You become a threat to the devil and His kingdom of darkness. Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Who is He who overcomes the world, but He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Again, it's the, the, the obvious answer is no one. Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God and are walking and living by faith will live victoriously in this world. So again, I'm trying to show you how key this is. Now, I mentioned it earlier, so I mentioned it again. We just jump from believing to faith. Believing him who he who believes nothing is impossible. Him who believes, um, faith again your innate God-given ability to believe, connected with latched on to, grab hold of the word of God. It's why the devil tries to keep the word of God from ever coming in contact with the soil of your heart, because there's a powerful. It's Jesus used the the the. Example of physical seed going into physical soil and what happens when that seed is activated by that soil. And so when the Word of God comes in contact with the faith that's in your heart, the potential for good and increase to be released into your life and through your life is nothing short of than otherworldly. Amen? Okay. Let's go now to Romans chapter 10 and verse 8. Just a couple more minutes. Um, Amen. I didn't know really how far we would get. I thought hopefully we'd get a little further than this tonight, but that's okay. Um, We've made it, I guess, halfway. If we got five of them and we're started on number three, we're in good shape. Amen? Amen. All right, Romans chapter 10. And um, let's begin at verse number 8. Romans 10 and 8. Alright? Boy, these are some awesome verses right here. Again, we could spend a lot of time here. I'm just going to try to hit some high points to make the main point that we're emphasizing tonight. All right. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. But what does it say? The Word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the Word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Man, somebody say dynamic and interactive, right? Notice what we've got here. We've got we've got hearing. You know, obviously faith by hearing hearing by the word of God We've got belief in the heart, faith in the heart, that's now being released, activated if you will, and released by speaking. And this is how a man or a woman receives salvation. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Wow. He goes on to say in verse 17, Faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. He talks about how how can they believe on whom they've never heard. How can they hear unless somebody tells them? How can people go tell them unless somebody sends them, right? He's talking about all these different um, on-ramps, amen, to the gospel train that we can be a part of and be involved in. Either giving or telling or both. Supporting those who are going to tell others. And Father says that we'll all be rewarded as one, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. Let me give you just couple more verses we can begin here next week and you can turn there then if you'd like simple verse but very powerful for we walk by faith not by sight this this is one of the key things right here walk is talking about um, you know literally your life broken down to a moment by moment step by step word by word basis we see that in other places your daily life is referred to in the especially the king james version as your conversation Paul talked about his conversation among the Jews. He's talking about his lifestyle, his daily life and living among the Jews. So notice now, the cutting edge of your life, your life unfolds at the point of your your thinking, your speaking, and your acting, your thoughts, your words, and your actions. So he's saying we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. Walking by faith means you align your thoughts, words, and actions with the with the Word of God, with, 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 with what God has done for you, what He said to you, what He said about you. When we walk by sight, this is when we align our thoughts, words, and actions with the way things look, seem, and feel. We were not created to live our lives aligning our thoughts, words, and actions with the way things look, seem, and feel. We were created by God to align our thoughts, words, and actions with what He has said to be true about us in His Word. Amen? All right, last one. 1 Corinthians 13 and 13. Amen. He says, And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Right? Now, I am uh, out of time, uh, almost out of time for this evening. Where we will begin after a brief review next week is we're going to continue to talk about our ability to believe, but perhaps one of the most powerful ways to understand your ability to believe is to understand and look at how it works against you. And, and this is, we have a word for your ability to believe working against you. Are you ready for it? It's called fear. Fear is your ability to believe working against you, okay? If you are afraid of something, it is because you believe that thing has the ability to harm you in some way. Notice, there's belief. Anytime there's fear, there's believing. Anytime there's fear, there's believing. Anytime there's fear, there's believing. If you're struggling with fear in your life, you need to look beneath the surface and find out what it is you are believing that's leading you to that uh, experiencing that fear, to causing you to experience that fear. Alright? So, again, now abide faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Some of you heard me teaching these things before. But most people on planet earth are not living a life based upon faith, hope, and love. Most people on planet earth, including most of God's people on planet earth, are instead living a life based upon fear, regret, and selfishness. Instead of faith, hope, and love, they're instead living a fear-based, regret-based, selfishness-based life. It's the wrong foundation. amen. But notice, at the heart of that is one of these very powerful, multiple for that matter, ones of these very powerful, characteristics, um, uh, abilities, attributes, because we were created in the image and likeness of God, function like He functions, look the way He looks. Amen. We have this ability to believe. How powerful is it? Get it head in the right direction, and you're unstoppable. Nothing, no obstacle. Nothing will be withheld from you. Nothing, um, even death itself. Jesus, believing His Father, raised Lazarus from the dead after He'd been dead four days. Okay? But working against you, it can create fear instead of faith that is absolutely paralyzing, debilitating, uh, even to the point of causing physical illness in people's lives. Amen? But that's not us, right? We're walking by faith, not by sight. Well, let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this time together this evening. Thank you for the things that you've helped us cover tonight. Thank you, Father, for the things that you've emphasized. Thank you for the pace that I pray was set by your Holy Spirit and not me. Lord, that we touched on these things enough, Lord, to make the points. And then, Father, I pray that those who are in the room or watching online will perhaps study some more of these things out for themselves because certainly your Word has so much more to say about it. Father, thank you. Um, again, for protecting us tonight from what some are calling the threat of bad weather. Father, we know that that we are in the palm of Your hand. We we are covered, uh, Father, tonight by the blood of Jesus and protected by the covenant of grace that we have. We activate that protection now, not because we've been good this week, but because of our faith and confidence and trust in You. Thank You, Lord, for those that are... um, watching along with us online and may they be protected as well. We thank you for good things now and the service that's to come here at Heritage in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God your love. Thank you for being here.